The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. It's just gone 18 minutes past five. If you've just joined us, uh, welcome. Well, we're entering a 13th week, I see. And uh, yeah, it seems that things, I mentioned earlier on the show that it, uh, things seem to have settled, but uh, I stand corrected. Joining us now on the line from Israel, our correspondent, Rolene Marks. Rolene, good afternoon. Always great to have you on board. Good afternoon. Always great to be here. I just have to apologize in advance. I have a little bit of a croaky voice, but uh, I will soldier on, as they say. <laughs> Indeed, Roland. Okay, let's just take it easy then. I'll, I'll just go slowly along with you and we'll soldier on with the afternoon's uh, interview. Indeed, I will be. I will. We will, we will be. Roland. Okay, so we're entering the 13th week. Uh, very quickly, what's the latest on the protest front? What's uh, It seems a bit quiet, am I correct? Things have settled a little? Things have settled from where we were this time last week, but the protests are still ongoing, still very, very big. Okay. An estimated 450,000 Israelis across the country on a Saturday night protesting. It is estimated that about 175,000 people protested just in Tel Aviv. And we have seen these protests despite the current pause in the proposed overhauls, we have seen these protests carrying on and gaining momentum. Now, there have been uh, counter-protests, not as uh, big as this. Uh, I, I know that somebody did write mm. into studio last week saying, you know, the media is not covering it properly mm. and it's not showing you the size. Well, you know, twenty to 30,000 people in a counter-protest is still a sizable protest. But, you know, we have to remember that uh, these anti-overhaul protests uh, are reflective of what Israelis, the majority of Israelis are, are feeling that uh, they, while many of them certainly don't support the overhauls at all, uh, many of them don't support the overhauls in their current draft. And, and are open to compromise. And, and they've also had 13 weeks to gain momentum. So, uh, you know, before we get anybody saying the, the counter-protests are not being covered in there uh, as they should be, they are getting clear coverage. Indeed, Rolene, that leads me to my next question now. Israel approaching the Passover. So what is the mood there in terms of that, uh, in terms of the situation now? Uh, it, it, it's a very, very difficult move, mood, and I must say that it does seem to be filtering out of the borders. This issue of judicial reform is, is extremely polarizing, extremely, extremely polarizing and divisive. And uh, many people have seemed to have lost the ability to apply critical thinking Mm-hmm. And are either in one camp or the other, and it's it's really really disheartening and, and quite frightening. In a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating a landmark uh, Independence Day for the State of Israel, and many of us are wondering what what is that going to look like because we are so fractured right. and so divided as we head into Pesach, which uh, ironically should be a, a, a Chag, a festival all about celebrating freedom and, and celebrating unity. And unfortunately, this is not where we're sitting at the moment. And then to compound things also, to add to that, we have uh, this issue of the National Guard being approved uh, by Ben Gavir. 
This is a, a, a huge issue. You know, one of the uh, compromises that Netanyahu received from Ben Gavir, Itama Ben Gavir, he's the national security minister, is that in order to pause uh, the um, the uh, overhaul, he wants a national guard under his command. Now, we have to remember that Ben Gavir does have a, a, a record, uh, a criminal record for incitement. He has not served in Israel's armed forces. Mm-hmm. And just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the massive clashes he is having with the police who were actually calling on the prime minister to uh, to dismiss him, to fire him. Uh, and it is a real concern amongst Israelis what this National Guard is going to be like. Is it going to be a National Guard as we know National Guards to be? Right. Or is it going to be a militia that mm-hmm. is going to clash with police and perhaps do with demonstrators the too, so-called dirty jobs right. the police don't want to do. Roland, there, there was, uh, well, suspicions also, concerns that this now could also be used to oppress protesters and one of those demonstrating and you know, be used for ulterior motives. Absolutely. This is a huge concern. One of the big clashes he had with police was that they were not being tough enough on protesters. We saw one uh, mounted policeman um, uh, smack a protester on Saturday night. This is absolutely unacceptable. And that uh, police officer has been taken in uh, for for questioning. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's a real, real concern what kind of orders he is going to give this um, National Guard. Indeed. Okay, now we have Noah Tish- Tishba being fired, uh, act- the Israeli actress. Well, what what's going on here now? This is really, really shocking. Noah Tishbi, she is the special envoy for combating anti-Semitism and delegitimization of Israel. Right. It is a portfolio that was given to her by the former um, uh, foreign minister, Yair Lapid, and it was an unpaid uh, a portfolio. It was obviously he he recognised her incredible work uh, as uh, an activist. Um, the mm-hmm. book that she's written, which is uh, uh, really really a must read. Mm-hmm. It's called Israel, a mis- the most misunderstood uh, country in the world. And she was given this portfolio and, and did absolutely phenomenal work. And uh, yesterday she notified people via her social media, that she had been dismissed. And uh, she says, I'm going to read you from her letter. She says, it is not possible for me to know if their decision was driven by my publicly stated concerns about this government's judicial reform policy. But given the reality that anti-Semitism continues its dangerous rise globally and the threat to Israel's existence through delegitimization policies has right. not slowed, it is difficult to come to any other reasonable conclusion. Right. In other words, anti-Semitism is on the rise. There's no need to fire me uh, uh, unless um, you took issue with my exercising my democratic right to free speech. And it is a concern because this is the second critic to the judicial reforms that has been dismissed in as many weeks. And, and, and while the Prime Minister earlier today said, well, he won't go through with the firing of the Defence Minister because of the security concerns, right. people in Israel 
are saying, hang on, wait a minute, we are still a democracy and you cannot fire people just for having uh, a dissenting opinion. Indeed, and of course now, as you say, well, as you've hinted, what, what she believes has compounded this uh, all is um, her views on the judicial process itself, that, the, that this was an excuse, the reason used for her dismissal. Well, she's she's written an op-ed in Yehuda uh, Kronot. That's the um, the Hebrew daily, the version of Ynet News, and uh, critical of the reforms, as have mm-hmm. many many people been. Uh, right. You know, some of uh, Israel's greatest friends, the great philanthropist Miriam Adelson, uh, people like Erwin Kotler, who says that uh, in in his opinion we need to uh, have a constitution, and and has tossed himself with with writing uh, a draft constitution and, and many others. And, and we are seeing a significant increase in the amount of criticism against Prime Minister Netanyahu. Sure. Uh, and it's not just coming from journalists and it's not just coming in the, in, in the broadsheets. These, you know, when you are a, um, uh, a public figure, when we live in a democracy, whether we like it or not, and I speak as a, as a journalist, journalist to journalist, that uh, it is your duty and it is your right in a democracy to be able to criticize something that you uh, you don't feel is in the public interest, whether or not, you know, you or I agree with mm-hmm. these criticisms. Uh, it is still the right of the media to criticize in a democracy. Okay, Rolene, let's end off on a, shall we say, feel-good note, a good news note. Israeli whiskey winning this award? Well, <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us all well, about it. Well, it, will, it will certainly make me feel better right now. <laughs> but, right. Uh, yes, this is quite a, 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 a win. I'm quite happy with this and offer to taste test it should need be, but uh, evidently I'll not. I'll second that, yes. Milk but and okay. honey, <laughs> right. uh, which is a Tel Aviv distilled whiskey, was awarded the title of Best single malt in the world by the World Drinks Awards last week. And apparently, apparently, according to the distiller, uh, it's our climate. Uh, it's the weather. Well, it must be the, the weather because the political climate sure ain't contributing. Sure. That is the secret to its success. So there you have it, everybody. Winning their <laughs> eighth award uh, for quality is milk and honey now the best single malt in the world. I wonder what the Scots will have to say about that. Well, I'm sure they've had a lot to say about all the other brands that have gone out in the world, Rolene, people claiming that they do the better whiskey. Anyway, as, you, as you've been mentioning weather, uh, let's hope you get better. You're feeling a bit under the weather. <laughs> Take care, Rolene, and thanks so much once again for joining us this afternoon.